Welcome to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for today's episode is impact of adherence or compliance to oral acyclovir prophylaxis in the recurrence of herpetic keratitis, long-term results from a pediatric cohort. And now I'd like to introduce our host, Dr. Tom Quinn, and our topical expert, Dr. Kelsey Steele. And now it's my pleasure to turn it over to Dr. Quinn for their review. Welcome, you of curious minds, to the American Academy of Optometry Foundation's clinical podcast series. In this episode, we will be discussing herpetic keratitis and the role oral acyclovir might play in preventing reoccurrence. I'm Dr. Tom Quinn, and our guest expert for this episode is Dr. Kelsey Steele, a clinical instructor and researcher at the Ohio State University College of Optometry. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Tom. Oh, excited to have you here. I'm really anxious to hear your thoughts about this paper entitled Impact of Adherence or Compliance to Oral Acyclovir Prophylaxis in the Recurrence of Herpetic Keratitis with the Long-Term Results from a Pediatric Cohort. And this was published in the journal Cornea in September of 2021. So what hypothesis did the authors want to explore in this paper, Kelsey? Yeah, so pretty simple. You know, the title kind of tells us that the authors were interested in the long-term impact of adherence to a prophylactic oral acyclovir regimen regarding the recurrence of herpes simplex keratitis in a cohort of children following an initial, an initial diagnosis. Okay, why kids in particular? So kids are particularly susceptible to more frequent recurrences with HSK. Um, And when they do have recurrences, it tends to be a little bit more severe and they have an elevated inflammatory response to infection. Um, So this recurrence and the reaction may lead to some poor visual outcomes and increase increase the risk for subsequent amblyopia development. Okay. What ages uh, did they end up recruiting for this study? So their inclusion criteria was just 16 or younger. Um, And so who they ended up recruiting were between ages of one to 12, median age of four, Um, They chose only to recruit kids that have ocular involvement that was just keratitis. So no blepharitis, blepharoconjunctivitis, no acute retinal necrosis. So just stick into corneal changes only. Okay. They got some, some young ones there. They did. (laughs) Some some little ones involved here. How many kids were involved? Um, So they had 17 patients. A couple of these unfortunate kiddos had bilateral conditions. So 20 eyes from those 17 patients were included. Um, they had oral acyclovir recommended for a year in everybody. If they had recurrence and they extended the prophylaxis, um, they also saw these kids monthly, um, to assess the disease and also to monitor the compliance by parent report. Um, and if they missed at least one dose for 10 or more days, then they, that was their definition of non-compliance. Okay. So a big focus of this paper was not so much on the acyclovir as a therapeutic agent per se, but the compliance to that treatment. Right. Right. So what are some of the reasons why compliance may be poor to this type of therapy? Yeah, so the literature supports that full adherence to chronic medication is rare, and this is even more in common in the pediatric setting. Um, so for this study specifically, they reported that 41% of their patients reported adherence to the therapy during all of their follow-ups, so less than half. 
Um, some of the reported causes for poor adherence that they mentioned included parental fear of maybe long-term effects um, following the therapy, some difficulty with administration, which is you know, to be expected with this population, even though they did use oral suspension and not you know, tablets or pills, um, and then also concerns about effectiveness. Um, and that's what they found for their study, which is also found in other studies of pediatric chronic medication use. Okay, what else did they find in this study? Any other results you want to tell us about? Yeah, so really the only statistically significant difference that was found with their analysis was the compliance to treatment, which was 100% in the children with no recurrence and 36% in the children with at least one recurrence. So pretty significant. Um, additionally, they found that recurrences happened faster in the non-compliant children. They didn't find any demographic factors that were found to be associated with recurrence, and it was only adherence that came up as significant. Okay, any particular limitations or strengths of this study design? Yeah, so I think this study is great because it provides some valuable support to the both effectiveness and the safety of prophylactic acyclovir treatment in kids. Um, some of the limitations, the sample size is pretty small, which the authors addressed. Um, they didn't include any racial information, which will you know, limit the generalizability. This took place in Italy. Um, additionally, there is also a little suggested association between herpes zoster keratitis development within six weeks after chickenpox, and three of their um, patients that they included did have chickenpox, um, but their keratitis developed more than six weeks after. They did not run any laboratory testing to confirm whether it was simplex or zoster, but um, I think with the time frame, that's probably unlikely to be the case. Okay. Should we change how we manage patients in this age group? that have herpetic simplex keratitis based on this paper? Yeah, so I think from a communication and education point, yes. Um, the results from the study do provide some needed you know, clinical support that demonstrate not only the effectiveness of the treatment, but also highlight the safety profile. As eye care professionals, we should try to anticipate what some of the barriers to treatment may be, such those that they, they talked about in the paper. Um, and then just address them, you know, beyond the forefront of that when educating our parents and patients. So these results will help us feel confident in our treatment recommendation, but they also might help us um, hopefully provide some peace of mind to some potentially concerned parents when we're initiating a chronic treatment like this. Dr. Kelsey Steele, thank you so much for your expertise and your enthusiasm and sharing your information with us. Um, thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time at the American Academy of Optometry Foundation's Clinical Podcast Series. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.